Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. In the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And uh, before the break, I told you that you guys signed a politician at receiver. And we're going to go into that right now. Adam Thielen was on the Pat McAfee show. I swear Pat McAfee's got more jobs than I have sneakers probably. <laughs> But uh, he's been all over the place. No doubt about it, man. But he was on there, man. And Adam was very hyperbolic, to say the least. Let's just go ahead and cue up the soundbite. Go ahead and run it. I didn't want to be a one year just, um, you know, kind of gap filler. Just come in, you know, thanks for your service. See you later. I want to be part of something special. I want to be part of building something, um, being a part of something to, to bring a championship to a city. And so I felt like, you know, with my agent and, and our conversations that I wanted to go somewhere where I could I could be a part of it for a few years to be able to be part of a building process to win a championship. So um, that was a huge part. I mean, they were willing. They, that was their their plan for me from day one. When I stepped in that building, uh, they said that that's what they want. They want me to be part of the, the long haul and, and be part of a, of, of a run. So we're excited about that as well. Just not being a gap filler and just showing up for for six months and, and, and thank you. Here's your, here's your check and see you later. So, um, that was huge. And again, thank you to them because they didn't have to do that. You know, a lot of teams were, were saying, you know, I was too old and, and, uh, they, they didn't want to mess with that and they didn't want to give me uh, more than one year. And All right. So we heard that soundbite right, right there. And so, uh, I listened to a different part of that soundbite because he was talking about the Panthers winning a championship ASAP this season uh, he was talking about one of the reasons that he decided to sign with the Panthers was because of Andy Dalton. Uh, it was just a lot of stuff where I was just like, whoa, okay, he's happy that he got a new bag and he's happy that he's going to be the number one guy as we sit here and he's going to get a ton of targets and he can put up a lot of numbers. And I said, I just feel like this is a lot of euphoria uh, that I'm hearing from him because seeing that the Panthers could win a Super Bowl this season, while, you know, crazy things happen in the NFL, but I thought that was major, major hyperbole as well as the fact that he came to the Panthers was because of Andy Dalton. Uh, So... Did he, yeah, like that's it can be one of the reasons, I guess, but it can't be a main reason. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, especially with him being the backup. Did he say it was this year? I did not see. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people run with it on Twitter. Did he say that they were going to win a Super Bowl this season? He or did. was it just beyond at some point that he wanted to be part of something special and be a part of the foundation and then see it grow into a Super Bowl team. I'm trying to help Thielen out here. <laughs> no, I want to hear your thoughts on that. I'll, I'll find it because it was the cut that Bleacher Report uh, pulled from his interview. So. Well, yeah, I don't think they can win the Super Bowl this year. I, I don't think that a rookie QB, I don't think asking him a rookie QB to come in here and win a Super Bowl is fair. I do think it's okay to ask this team 
to make the playoffs possibly because it's not crazy for rookie QBs to participate in the playoffs. I mean, Brock Purdy, the foundation was already set for him. And so, it, you know, he did well once he got to the postseason, but he wasn't solely responsible as the starting quarterback that got them in a position to make the playoffs, right? But he did play well. So if you want to include him, that's fine. We got a playoff appearance from Mac Jones playing, yes, for the possible best coach of all time, but he led the Patriots to the playoffs. We got to see Lamar Jackson help out his team, get to the playoffs as a rookie. Um, and we've seen it a few times. So Dak Prescott was 13-3 and three and the number one seed as a rookie. Like, what is he supposed to say? Well, Adam, they, well, I mean, you're not going to Super Bowl this year. You could you could leave out the Super Bowl part here. Every team right now has an equal chance to win the Super Bowl. Mm, no. Uh, really. Yeah, because they haven't played a game. Not really. Then let's bet. I mean, you, you can't. If, but I mean, like, what is he supposed to say? Come on here. Yeah, man, I want to be here. Maybe by year three we can win the Super Bowl. Wait, why is that awful? Or like, why is saying we can grow into a Super Bowl team? I, I you don't just don't have... get why he's being labeled a politician. Like he, he he's here. He's excited to be here, and he's excited about the the future and the foundation that's being that's being laid. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him saying it, but we can all agree it's far fetched and it's not true. Like we can all agree that it's not true. He's, I mean, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, we 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 like them as good as any team right now to win the division, right? Yeah. Okay. That, that gets you at least one home playoff game. <laughs> you just answered the question. Like, I and like if that, that happens, anything can happen. Like, I, I just. Fitty. You, you want to come in here and just crap on? Yeah, I signed with the team, but we, hey, this year we got no chance to win. No, you don't have to say that, but you can say, hey, you know, we're building. Who knows what can happen in year one? But we know we can compete for this division and maybe. Maybe beyond that, we could we could do something or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I like, don't, oh, I don't, we can win the Super Bowl this year. Like, I don't have a problem with him saying it as much. I he's not right. Like, Carolina is not going to win the Super Bowl. But this whole every team has an equal chance to win the division, or at least I should say the Super Bowl. That's not true either. I mean, not every team has an equal chance right now to win the Super Bowl. We are going to have our favorites, and then maybe somebody surprises. But we're not talking about the Raiders right now having a great chance to win the Super Bowl this season or an equal chance as the Kansas City Chiefs. That's just not that's not realistic. All but we I'm can saying, be realistic about this. All I'm, and look, I know the Niners have a better roster than Carolina does, but everyone thought Brock Purdy could lead the Niners to a championship, right? Whoever the Panthers draft at one. Is a night and day a better, more talented quarterback than Brock Purdy would ever dream of being? Mm, not so, really. Well, not really. Dude, come look on, at quit, his numbers. He quit, went 9-0 and quit, and look at the stats he look, put up. So, no, it, it, that, that is not roster. true. He, look at you the just roster talk. he is with. Nah, nah, you can't with, say with, that. With the coach that you say isn't an offensive genius. You don't know what a rookie is going to do. What, the no, rookie would, that comes in is not going to go 9-0 and and put up big numbers. But they're going to be a quarterback than Brock Purdy. You don't know that. No, you're right. That's what I'm saying. You don't know that. But you're right. We don't know that. At the same time, though, if we're talking about who's more talented, Talented. These QBs at the top of this draft are more talented than what Brock Purdy. They might is. be, but can they get on the field and do what he did? Fair question. I don't. That's know. That's what I'm saying. No, so no one knows. You might be physically more talented. Sure, I'll give you that. But as far as coming into the NFL as a rookie and winning nine consecutive games and winning a playoff game and so, being one of the reasons your team did that, not just a guy that's just riding people's coattails. No, you can't. So I don't. There's no this, way you could think of that. But is this is, is this turning into a like I don't even know what this debate is no, turning into. No, he said into. that. Like, I'm not getting no, on you. He no, said that. I know what you're saying, right? Like I'm I'm talking about with Brock Purdy. He did an excellent job with San Francisco. I still don't know if it's fair given the infrequent times that it's happened. I, I mean, hell, has a has a rookie QB ever come in and won the Super Bowl? No, before? they haven't even gone to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that like it's it's so never. Without there being precedent, even if you guys could come up with two examples, 
we can be realistic about it being unfair to ask a Panther team to win the Super Bowl with even the number one overall selection. I do think in a right situation, you got to hit on your QB, which is still an uncertain part about all of this. But if you hit on your rookie QB, then yeah, I think there is a decent shot for Carolina to actually make the postseason because we'll see usually about once a year, a rookie quarterback will play a postseason game. Some of that is because of injuries. You look at Miami, Skylar Thompson had to play a playoff game, but he didn't lead the Dolphins there. Even Brock Purdy, like, you, whatever. You could argue whatever you wanted to with Brock Purdy, but he did an excellent job as soon as he was thrust into that position. You can see rookie QBs get their team to the Super Bowl, though. Mac Jones, probably the best example so far. But even then, you have a great supporting cast. Like, you can't deny San Francisco's roster at a bunch of different areas are better than even Carolina's roster right now. And that's with a great offseason that we've been talking about. Like, San Francisco... Where, where does Carolina have the better players than San Francisco? So you're trying to call Brock Purdy a system player, basically, is what you're telling him. I'm telling that. God, invo- yes. No, it's like, not. Because, this, because dude, Kyle Shanahan. Can you hush? Like that. If you put him anywhere else, like, he's not always want to start yelling. Anyway, when they have <laughs> had other quarterbacks that have come in and started, they have not done what Brock Purdy has done with all those players. So, first of all, you need to do your research because when they had Nate Mullins and other guys, they weren't winning anything yeah, with Mullins a great awful, roster. But was that the best roster, roster in the league four years ago? It, was a, no, it wasn't four years. When they the had Nate Mullins, that's when they no. had playoff caliber roster where they were contenders. But hold on one second. When Jimmy G would go down last year and when he got hurt other years and they were Super Bowl contenders, the backup quarterbacks were not coming in there putting up numbers. I said, so that's why I said. I said, so I was driving the car and then Wes took the wheel and threw us in a ditch immediately. Because what I said was that San Francisco, you can't argue that their roster is better in a lot of different areas for Brock Purdy than it is for whoever this number one overall pick is going to be. And then you said, oh, you want to say Brock Purdy's a system player. Like, all I was saying is, what is the better roster for somebody to succeed? Is it the team with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey after he got traded there, an offensive line that's okay? You talk about Nick Bosa being the best defensive player in the league, Fred Warner being the best linebacker in the league. Like, come on, we can be realistic about San Francisco having a better situation. Carolina is doing a really nice job at trying to form a foundation for whoever the number one overall quarterback is. They could possibly get to the postseason, but then this is where we all agree right like we're all arguing about i don't even know what anymore but then we can come back and say okay that's where it's kind of capping to say super bowl for this panthers team not this year you want to put us on track <laughs> no i do i was just saying because that's basically what you were trying to say though you were saying it in a roundabout way but that's basically what I you was, were saying no i was saying brock purdy was put in a great situation i'm the one that tried to tell you let's not forget I'm the one that tried to tell you that Brock Purdy was playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Brock Purdy was out here making throws outside the numbers and Garoppolo, he's a system QB. And I feel very good about that. If you want to blame me for saying a QB in San Francisco is a system guy. Cool. Blame me for saying that about Jimmy G Brock Purdy Wes. Like you actually might given the way that he showed up in the postseason, I'm going to give him his flowers. That dude was throwing all over the yard in a way. Jimmy Garoppolo was not. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so I think that, uh, but I don't think I ever said Jimmy G was better or played better than Brock Purdy. Like, I don't know where you getting that. No, you were getting mad. Ah, man. Like, I love the, Jimmy the G tape. for sure, but after Brock Purdy came out there and put up the tape that he put up, oh, like, you yeah, were, it's no question. Oh, no, man. You have gone to the stats about Jimmy G and how good he was. Yeah, we were for sure. About Jimmy, G, Jimmy G, especially this past season before he got hurt, he was playing excellent football. 
No question about it. Yeah, well, th- if you want to blame me for accusing someone of being the system guy, I'll blame Jimmy G for being a system That's guy. fine. He played good in New England system, too. I mean, for like 13, was two matter. and one. We're going to find out how good he is in Wait. Las Vegas with that dumbass McDaniels. <laughs> he was two and one, wasn't he? Wasn't Jimmy G like two yeah, and one? Yeah, but the games that he played, he was pretty good, though. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's I mean, I guess three, NFL, four, three, three NFL games doesn't mean anything. I mean, I I get it. I mean, hell, if we want to go off three, there's a lot of good QBs. No, but I'm just saying you said like games. he only played good in one system. He played good in New England system, too, like from what he showed in the in the limited time that Look he had. his coaching staff. It's not like he was in there just trash. Uh, uh, yeah, fair enough. Like I don't, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we There got, was a reason he was coveted as a trade prospect when he was out of New England. And then he proved he shouldn't have been. No, he didn't. He <laughs> proved it by going to the Super Bowl and going to the NFL. NFC Championship. How do we and get on a Jimmy Garoppolo? Don't debate. matter. Your quarterback ain't even come close to that. So you ain't, but, you're not even in the conversation, Dak Prescott. <laughs> this is... I mean, but we're not talking about Dak, though. Exactly. Like, no, no but he's trying, like trying to rag on. He's trying to rag on my quarterbacks, and he ain't won nothing. Because and we done sent y'all home, home twice. Can you can, can you talk without yelling? Though this like, is seriously. emotion. I, I know you're an emotional guy, and you've been emotional when them 49ers sent you home two straight years. So no matter who we got at quarterback, no matter who they got at quarterback, they done sent y'all home, and y'all won't be close to a Super Bowl. No matter who more, you get, man. but yeah, like I guess, I guess, like who cares about Dak Prescott in this? Or like even Jimmy because Garoppolo. you can't come at my quarterback, I'm gonna come at yours. <laughs> that's that's a. You can't be sitting up there trying to rag on people's a team and then your team over there taking L's left and right. Stop. Uh, uh, well, every go. team takes no if they don't win the Super Bowl. So. Okay, well, your team takes more than most. <laughs> yeah, when they, it counts, they've won back. They've won twelve games back to back years. Okay, what's that guy? So that's not more than most. Get your facts right. Okay, well, what's that got you? First game exit. Oh, Actually, they won a you game. You haven't this played year. meaningful postseason football. Goat. You play. You play wild card games. <laughs> and then y'all play in championship wild games. Card and you lose. Let's so wild card cowboys. Let's go to the wild card cowboys. You won't ever get there. Let's go to the text line and talk about some of the texts coming in. The garage door guru text line. Somebody writing in fight, fight, fight. Jerry Springer not the only show fighting right now. That's <laughs> for sure. Possum Brian, things getting spicy. Man, y'all on one. We got into an argument about Jimmy Garoppolo and then Dak Prescott made an appearance. Brock Purdy was making it. I guess I brought up Brock Purdy. About, they love it. You guys love it. Yeah. All right. Great. There you go. You want to move Good us on? Good radio. You want to move us on? Yeah. I mean, we get ready to break. We don't have much time. Uh, we're up against it. But, no, that was uh, that was great banter. And, like we said, Adam Thielen, because we went completely from Adam Thielen saying that they could win uh, the Super Bowl, and it just went, you know, haywire. But we love it, though. So, uh, when we come back, though, we're going to go to another topic that might cause some more uh, fisticuffs in here when you talk about what Jay Billis had to say about the Duke-Tennessee game and how it was officiated. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. 
Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. came in here and asked Wes if you need me to take care of your light work back here, referring to Fiddy. <laughs> Flounder also is in here, and he said, Fiddy, Wes is going to give you a wedgie. To which Fiddy replied, I might not be wearing underwear. Wes said, under, under ruse, verbatim, under ruse used to be the bleep. That is the conversation that just happened after everything that took place between Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Jimmy G, a whole bunch of different QBs making an appearance. Yeah, he said he said underoos. He said underoos that you don't wear underoos. Is that right, Fiddy, or that you might not if he was going to attempt to give you a wedgie? Well, no, you got it wrong. Flounder said you might want to be careful because he might not be wearing underwear. Because I am, I, I guess I'm famous. Like when I go home, that's the first thing I do is take off my underwear. Oh. You're famous. I like <laughs> you smiled as soon as you said it too, for good reason. This is something well known about you, is what you're saying. Yeah, like when I'm at when I'm at the house, I don't wear underwear. But you're wearing underwear here, right? Yes, I'm wearing. Don't look down and don't. Are you about to bring it out? Don't I've do that. I've got some blue and green underwear on. Are they tidy whiteies kind of? Like I know they're not whiteies, I guess, but are they tidy? No, and green and blue. I mean, they're a little bit tight because I've put on a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. But no, um, so yeah, if Wes was, does want to give me a wedgie. He, he has the opportunity to do so. He, there, there's, there's something to be wedged. There's not just mm. bare butt. <laughs> does that make you want to give him a wedgie, no. Wes? No. <laughs> but I, I need to explore this a little further, too. Like but he I, said underoos at first, though. He's like, well, well he did, but, but also. Underoos was the stuff. But let's not overlook that particular part of it. How, yeah. how and in what way. Did underoos used to be the bleep? When I was a kid, like you had underoos. Like, yeah, you didn't call and they them. They had that? the cartoon, not it, but they had the um superheroes and stuff on them. <laughs> so I had like right. Batman, Superman. I had all them joints. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just have never heard that statement before. Like that's what oh, they yeah, were called. That was awesome. literally the brand. It was called underoos. Yeah, but it's still funny to hear though. Like it's it's a funny comment given everything that took place last segment, and then we land on underoos used to be the bleep. That was just funny for me to hear. And I, I mean, guess. Y'all, y'all never drunk the Dunkaroos in your underoos? That was a Saturday morning special in the Marlowe household. You ate the Dunkaroos in your underoos. But yes, I did have Dunkaroos. It's funny you mentioned that. I had them for the first time in a long time about a week ago. It didn't hit like it used to did. Or like it used to did. I can't even talk. <laughs> like they used to. They did not hit nearly as well. I'm just telling you, I don't know when the last time y'all have had Dunkaroos before, but it didn't quite work out for me nearly as much as it did when I was a kid. And I would have, do you remember the kid cuisine trays? I do remember those. They the still little, make those. The little penguin on do it or something really? like that? Yeah, they still make them. That doesn't violate I used like, to get my son prodigals. Yeah, I used to get my son those uh, back in the day. Yes, please, hot chair. please everyone follow the lead of AR in the text line and tell us what underoos you had. AR said, I had Jurassic Park underoos. There you go. We've got them all over the place here. And we appreciate everybody listening and texting in the Garage Door Guru text line. Let's try to get it back on track, man. You teased it, Wes. You talked about how Jay Billis said that Tennessee Duke game was officiated, quote, like a hockey game. 
The problem with the officiating, of course, everybody discussing just how physical that game was. And you're talking about two defensive-minded teams between both of these programs, one coached by Rick Barnes, one coached by John Shire that really found its identity as the season went on. Did you have a problem with the way that that game was officiated? I mean, I think that, you know, I saw people pointing things out online and and talking about how physical uh, they were allowed to be with Duke. But, I mean, you know, me personally, I just feel like you have to overcome that stuff. I've never been a big referee. Uh, type of guy and, and trying to put the game on the ref. But, you know, Jay Billis was like, and I quote, there were fouls that were flagrant fouls that were not called flagrant. He said, I can't understand why. I've talked to several officials about it, and all of them seem to agree that that should not have happened that way. But we're seeing that more and more, to which he continued and said, I think that the players now are more skilled than they were 30 years ago. I know that'll probably set off some uh, discussion. He said, I don't even think it's close. Now, do we have the four-year superstars we had back then? No, because the true superstars leave early. But these guys are way more skilled than back in the day. They can shoot it. They can do everything. The game is way more physical now. It's ridiculous. So, um, you so know. Yeah, do you agree with him, I guess? Like, what's what's the, uh, the comment? No, I don't just, agree with him. I feel like you have to overcome it. Like, you know, they're going to be – every game is going to be officiated differently. Uh, I felt like Duke played a physical brand of basketball with people with the way – uh, that they play defense and the way they hammered people on the boards. And so where there may be questionable calls, I feel like that's in every game. But I feel like you have to uh, overcome that. So I'm going to say, uh, no, I don't agree with them. And, of course, you know, Jay Billis went to Duke. So I think there might be a, a little bit in there, just a little bit of his old – uh, blue devil in him, but um, you know, I see the points that he's making for sure. But I mean, I just feel like Duke just had to figure out a way to adjust and overcome it. Um, TC did write in and said, Walker, you just skipped over Fitty taking off his underwear. Does he put shorts on? Let's answer that question before we move on, real quickly. I'm sorry for moving on, by the way. Uh, I mean, you could have just read my reply text because I replied, I can take off my underwear without having to take my shorts off. Oh, that's a skill right there. That's impressive. I don't know if I've ever done that before. You know, maybe, but it's not anything that I practice. So uh, I'll leave that open to interpretation, and I'll also leave that open to the imagination with how you want to view Fitty in his underwear. Let's take a look at some of the ACC teams and their ability to reload. Just the confidence level in these Carolina teams, ACC teams reloading. And we'll start with Duke because they're a part of the conversation right now. Duke, to me, I think that's why so many people feel pretty good about the season that John Shire had, not only because you win an ACC tournament, not only because you get to the NCAA tournament as a five seed, you at least win one game. I think you would have liked to have seen them get to the Sweet 16 to really give him an A. But it's John Shire's recruiting, which is part of the reason as to why he was the guy to take over for Coach K once he stepped aside and called it quits. Because John Shire was a big part of recruiting, getting all of these freshmen that were highly touted and slow start to the year, but eventually, you know, finished at least the regular season, the ACC tournament really strong. If you go to 24 seven sports, Duke is currently second when it comes to recruiting class coming into 2023, Kentucky is number one as they so often have been under John Calipari. So I do feel good even without coach K Wes Duke is always going to be a team that is able to reload and John Shire, a big reason why, because he's a good recruiter and has been under coach K. Yeah. I mean, I feel probably the most confident in them because I'm not sure who's going to come back yet off that team. I think we saw Derek Whitehead. They said he may be pretty much gone. But uh, we don't know who's going to come back from that squad because, you know, if they're able to land flip back somehow. They won't. I mean, but just saying, if they are, 
and maybe lively. I mean, that would be tremendous. But just as far as just assuming that all of these guys are going to leave, they have five five-star recruits, none ranked less than 20th in the country coming in next season. He's instilled confidence in us to know that he can coach a team up throughout the season because that's what he did this year. Now, whole different group of guys. Are they going to buy in the way Lively and the crew did? We'll see. But uh, they have one top 10 recruit, and the rest of the guys, like I said, are in the top 20. So I would feel like the most confident in this crew right now because he's going to have uh, the best assimilation of talent. Carolina, in this class, they got two four-star recruits uh, on their way in, and then I know they're going to have to hit up that transfer portal, and they're going to really have to do a lot of work on that roster because there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, detractions. So that's why I'm just waiting to see. It's Carolina. They're always going to attract a lot of talent, but they have so much to replace. This is pretty much going to be a brand-new roster uh, next season. And then when you talk about uh, State and Wake, you know, we just know that the talent that they attract there isn't going to be necessarily on the level of a Duke and Carolina. And, uh, you know, NC State, they've got a couple of four-star guys that they've got right now signed coming into next season. We have to see who they're going to be able to bring back. And the transfer portal just adds a completely different element to all of this because that's yet to be decided as well. Teams are contacting people, so we'll see. Yeah, and, and so with Duke, I, a lot of people go to the Hubert Davis comparison, North Carolina, Duke having the first year coaches there. Hubert Davis does get to the finals and John Shire while having a better regular season in ACC tournament does not after the loss to Tennessee denying them a spot in the sweet 16. I'm interested in styles of play and Fiddy, I can ask you about this too, because I, I feel like Hubert Davis, as soon as he took over Roy Williams job, Roy Williams saying, Nope, I'm done. I'm not the right guy anymore. He leaves. He does not do the farewell tour thing. And Hubert Davis kind of let it be known pretty quickly that he wanted to change the offensive mindset just a little bit as far as letting the bigs shoot, right? Having the three-point prowess a part of some of these guys like a Brady Manic, like a Dawson Garcia when he recruited him, when he openly recruited Walker Kessler <laughs> during his introductory press conference, which is still one of the more wild things. Like Walker Kessler will always be remembered as that guy to me. Hubert Davis accepting the job, tried to keep you on the roster, which is saying something. But with John Shire, what were some of the stylistic changes that we saw there? And just how much does that allow you to feel confident about Duke reloading compared to Hubert Davis still trying to put his fingerprints on it with it being a little bit more different than Roy? Yeah, I think the thing about it, like when it came, like, well, when I watched this Duke team with all the talent that they have, they were old school. Like they defended as well as they have since they last won the, the national title in 2015. They were, they were a great rebounding team. And I think if you have those principles, you know, as a hallmark of your program, I think it's easier to rebuild the next year. Of course, you got to be bringing in five five star freshmen that you got to teach and instill those philosophies into. But I was really impressed with how good Duke was in those areas of the game. Whereas with Hubert, year one, there was nothing really impressive about what he did up until March. And March is ultimately what matters. But how many times is Duke going to be as bad a shooting team as they were this year? Yeah, I would expect not too frequently. You wouldn't expect that to. So if they defend and rebound the way that they did this year, again, next year, and I think there's a chance that Filipowski does come back if he doesn't get what he likes from the NBA people, I think you I think you should lead more towards them being able to rebuild next year and be a national title contender. For Carolina, they should be a tournament team because they weren't this year and they weren't last year until they beat Duke the final game of the regular season. So if we look at North Carolina's ability to reload, you look at 2023, the 24-7 
recruiting class rank. I believe they're 30th right now for 2023. We can go to some dudes right now. Tough uh, heel, tough blog, Four Corners podcast. Carolina 30 now, but they have Elliot Cadu, five star recruit coming in in 2024. Now, the interesting part about that is like with Hubert Davis next year, I'm not saying you're going to lose Cadu, but that is certainly an unintended consequence if you decide to let Hubert Davis go after another underwhelming season, because that is going to be a question mark here. Next season, if Hubert Davis doesn't have a successful year, I'm not saying we should fire Hubert Davis in Carolina. At the same time, it's going to be a point of conversation. It could be justified. The last coach yeah. to miss the tournament back-to-back years, they come back for a fourth year. Yeah, and Ian Jackson's their top guy. He's a top three recruit. So that's a guy they're going to be worried about a lot as well. So Right. And so I, I just wonder how they might operate under that entire situation. And with North Carolina's ability to reload, man, you expect Duke to do it immediately. With Carolina, that's what makes this thing so weird about having R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, and, and Caleb Love not so much. But whether they can come back, kind of need them, right? Like Baycott and Davis, if you if the goal yeah, is to big. be as good as you can be next season, Davis and Armando is somebody you kind of need unless you have a lot of job security with North Carolina and you give Hubert Davis a little time to cook and put his imprint more so, get all of his recruits as the most important figures. Because I thought Nada made a lot of sense when he joined us last week about Hubert needing this needing to be Hubert's program. But at the same time, what if he doesn't have enough job security, right? then you do need some of Roy's recruits still back with R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. Yeah, and I mean, I can't wait to see how this is going to be done because, like I said, coaches nowadays complain a lot about the transfer portal and, you know, how difficult it is and all the player movement. But I think no program, at least around this area, is going to have to utilize that more than North Carolina. Like I said, they need guys that are going to be able to come in and play immediately. But just like you said, Baycott and R.J. Davis are going to be huge for them uh, to get back. If they can get those two guys back, that would definitely set them on the right track. I believe Caleb Love, you know, I don't think that he'll be back. But if they're not able to bring back um, Davis or Baycott, man, that that's going to be tremendous blows. Caleb got mad at me on the text line. Why the needle dig at Coach K Walker like he didn't deserve a farewell tour? I'm just saying the difference between the two. Roy Williams said, hey, I'm done. I'm good. Coach K, the farewell tour. Part of that was recruiting, Caleb, just so you don't get more frustrated. But, yeah, I mean, those are they're different personalities. There's, it is what it is. Coach K, he deserved a farewell tour. Accomplished a lot during his coaching days. Let's get to some of the other ACC schools real quickly. Because I just think the journeys are all different here, right? Duke is continuing to get high-class recruiting classes. North Carolina, you know, who knows what's going to happen. They have that ability. But they've also been a team that has abided by the We'll get high recruits. They're not one and doneers. That's how they win the championships. These guys develop and then they become stars their junior year. And then maybe we'll try to get some talented guys in here every once in a while, like a Nas Little, right? That immediately contributes, whatever. But with Wake Forest and they're trying to contribute or their, their ability to try to get back up to the tops of the ACC, they've been really hitting the transfer portal hard. And you know what, Wes? They've been successful, honestly. Like you see, yeah. getting the ACC Player of the Year in Alondis Williams, you see them ability. You see their ability to get Tyree Appleby, who was flirting with an ACC Player of the Year award, and so they're successful. But the team is still not making the tournament. So does this just come down to the X's and O's approach? Because I like watching the offense; they're fun sets, especially when you get the guys that can handle the basketball like they get. 
is it just still doing the old-fashioned recruiting of getting these guys that are as talented as possible as freshmen? How, do, how does Wake Forest get back to the tournament? Well, for one, you know, the other day they just got the uh, triple crown ACC play of the year when you talk about Boopy Miller transferring from Central <laughs> Michigan. Boopy Miller, great they name. Got, yeah, they got him up in there. So this will be your next player of the year. Because even though Appleby didn't win it from the conference, but he did win the AP ACC player of the year. So it would have been totally does, fine had he won all of them. Yeah, like, that it, does it mark a, two straight seasons that Wake has had that. But that's what uh, Coach does. And so you got him coming in. As far as the recruits for this season, they got a four-star kid in Aaron Clark, uh, ranked 120th in the country. Uh, a lot was made from the kid they got from uh, Denmark, Marcus Marion. Uh, I saw him rank uh, um, four stars in um, some rankings, but 24-7 does not have him ranked. I don't know if it's because he's from Denmark or what. And then they got a kid, Parker uh, Frederickson, that's also a four-star, but he's a these guys are considered hard commits at this point. So I trust Forbes at this point to bring in talent. He's going to have a lot of holdovers from last year's team. I don't expect there to be a ton of movement. Um, really, the big loss, in my opinion, will be Appleby. But other than that, I think that uh, they're going to have a lot of guys coming back. So I expect – I think next year is the year for Wake. If they're going to make some moves, I think next year is the year for them to do it. Yeah, just real quickly with Keats before we get to Willie P on the other side. Jarkel Joyner, excellent addition this season. The guy was awesome. And Traquavion Smith last year was a projected NBA first-round pick. You know, weird season for him. Possible ACC player of the year for a while and then had this ridiculous cold stretch to end the season before finishing with a – with a fireball really against Creighton. I mean, he put up a million different shots and looked pretty good against the Blue Jays. So with Kevin Keats, at at least he showed, okay, we can get some NBA talent. We can get some uh, good college basketball players. But how well are they going to perform in the NCAA tournament? Will Exef Flounder give me like, I guess a little bit. Are you talking about NC State, Flounder? I thought, okay, sorry. I thought Flounder was making a point about my analysis there. Let's go to the first, uh, the second Fitty Flash of the day before we get to Willie P. What you got, Fitty? I've got some drama because I think, well, we all know Wes loves drama. Mm-hmm. Um, so last night after the Grizzlies and Mavs game, Kyrie Irving sw- uh, did the jersey swap with Dylan Brooks, but did not take Dylan Brooks's jersey back. So he was okay to give his jersey away, but didn't want Dylan Brooks's jersey. He also got his 18th technical foul, did Dylan Brooks, during the game last night to the Mavericks. Does the NBA have... It's next villain. Like, you know, Clay Thompson said the other day that no one will remember who he is when he retires. And if so, how good is this for the league to have a bad boy? The the problem with Dylan Brooks to me is like it's all kind of lame because it's not like even Dylan Brooks is an amazing basketball player. Wow. And then also I think it's lame that Clay Thompson is doing the whole four thing because, yeah, we I know you got the titles. That's excellent. But the Grizzlies are beating you down right now. And then so all he's doing is the whole I got four rings. I just find it all lame, especially with Dylan Brooks. Like, dude, shoot over 40 percent, please. <laughs> uh, I like the fours. I'm here for the pettiness. Clay can throw that up as much as he wants. It's well earned. The Grizzlies do get a little hype off of regular season games. I think Dylan Brooks wants to be Draymond so bad, and that's why they get into it so bad with each other. Supposed to be uh, kicking guys in the biscuits. Yeah, he 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 loves Draymond secretly, but uh, I like it. I mean, like I said, it's always going to bring some intrigue to a series, especially if they're able to 
meet in the playoffs, the drama and all the storylines around that series will be excellent. So I'm here for it. All right, let's go to Willie P on the other side of the break. Apparently had some Tom Hanks takes that we need to discuss. And I guess we'll discuss a little bit about Charlotte FC as well. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... I'm Will Pelagic. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you joining us. We also appreciate Willie P joining Willie us P. in the Planet Kia studios. Visit them on their website, planetkianc.com. We appreciate them for helping us out, and we appreciate Willie. You got pretty mad about the Tom Hanks reference once again. I, I, I appreciate all three of you, mm-hmm. but I don't appreciate this slander that I somehow, someway, because I reacted oddly to an ill-timed question from Itty Bitty Fitty right before we're about to go on the air for Hornets pregame last night about Seriously? Tom Hanks. I don't know about this. I know Fiddy apparently loved this conversation because it prohibited him it from is, it actually is, giving us new music because of this Tom Hanks conversation. It, it, is, it has literally led to more wasted air on this radio station than normally happens, which is saying wow. something. Wow. <laughs> During what time slot are you talking about? Is it uh, like maybe 12 to 3, the wasted air that you're talking about? The, hour, the hours that sunshine exists. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. <laughs> Check us out, 92.7 FM, <laughs> Willie P, a ringing endorsement. Wesson voice- Walker, we waste air. Uh, let's, can we use that as a promo as well? Mm-hmm. Can we use that as a promo circulating constantly from Willie P giving us just a rave review of what you can catch from 12 to 3 and really at all hours where there is sunlight? Let's talk about Charlotte FC. Mm. They at least gave you a ray of hope they after did. their win against Orlando over the weekend. How did they get the win, Willie? It was fun. Uh, I think they looked a lot different than we were used to seeing them over the course of this season. They played a different formation. They went a little flatter in the front and in the midfield, which basically allows for more of stretching the field horizontally. And I think they were able to really get in some dangerous areas with that. You saw Enzo Capetti score another goal, so that was incredible to see. And Kerwin Vargas, we're starting to see the maturation of a young guy who can really do some special things with the soccer ball, 21 years old. He's kind of been very, very close to a very big moment. He finally got his biggest moment on Saturday with his first MLS goal. And you saw a goalkeeper in George Marks who stepped into a role that's very, very tough to fill. And every make a goalkeeper switch usually means that there's something going wrong. I don't think that was necessarily the case with Pablo Cisniega, but I love the way that he took charge. He was very much a field general out there. I know he did concede once. He was off of a rebound from a pretty spectacular save of his. Didn't necessarily have the support around him, 
but it was great to see the way that that defense stayed very organized for the final part of that second half. I asked you last week how Christian Latanzio could make some adjustments and come out on top. And it plenty seemed like yeah, there were plenty of adjustments that he made in this game. Was this the best? At least just tell us, as far as a well-coached match, where does this rank among all the ones you've seen in Charlotte FC, their young history so far? It's one of the best from him because they were in a very dire straight, uh, Walker, especially you know 0-4, coming back home to take on a tough team that's physical in New York Red Bulls. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to to be in that position if I'm Christian Latanzio. Uh, the fact that he did take some guys who I think you could say it might be hard done that they were taken out, like Camille Josviak. I thought he played very well uh, over the last couple of weeks. His play has been inconsistent so far over all three games, but to sit him down in favor of Vargas, I think, was very bold. I think they brought in Harrison Awful, who brought a lot of, I think, maturity to the left-back position. He made MLS's uh, match day team of the week. So I do feel like that's something that, again, can say is an immediate hit. And Jalen Lindsay, someone who we hadn't seen since August uh, in it right back, he made the splitting pass to Enzo Capetti for the first goal of the game, a Charlotte native, too. I think that's something you look at and you say he one of the things he really says is that he trusts everybody on this roster and that paid off in spades for them on Saturday. Well, if he, you talked about the, the lineup changes that they made, and they said that was very big for them in this win. Which one of those do you feel like made the most impact? Which one did you look at and say, I would have made that change and really helped them? Well, both Jess and I were calling for Vargas at the end of the Atlanta game. He had played 72 minutes up until uh, the last game, 72 minutes of the first three games of the season, and he'd created the second most chances on the team. So he had not even played the equivalent of a full game, and he's creating more chances than guys who have 270 minutes under their belt. So I think from that standpoint, I know one of the things that Christian Latanzio is very keen on is he wants you to be good without the ball. He wants you to play good on defense, not just when you have the ball. You need to be able to make a difference when you're playing on defense, and I think that's always kind of been the thing that's curbed Carolyn getting more minutes, but I think at this point, he kind of said, you know what? I'm going to put him on there and see what happens, and you saw the immediate impact. He scored a goal in the 37th minute. He was very dangerous with the ball. He almost had one right before the goal he scored. I think that was the most impactful sub, and I think, honestly... When it comes down to it, that's somebody who I feel like you're going to put in the starting lineup, and he's not going to leave it because I think he has that kind of upside for Charlotte. Now, with those, with them making those changes, do you feel like that's going to strengthen the team as far as giving them more depth and getting more guys meaningful playing time? Well, it's going to create more competition, definitely. Uh, they won't have Carol Swiderski this weekend because he was called up to Poland, but he didn't see the match at all on Saturday, and that's one of your highest prize players and, and your designated players. So... I think from that standpoint, it's only going to make the competition and training even more intense, which anytime you've got that kind of competition in a squad, it only makes for better soccer. It makes for a better product on the field. Now, with them getting this win finally, do you feel like from what you saw, they're correcting a lot of things that happened during the loss and that they are starting to turn the corner where they could maybe even go on a winning streak? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because after their 0-3 start a year ago, they won three of the next four. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they played a bunch of games at home. They're going to have two of the next three at home currently, so that should help them. I'm, I'm cautious on saying it spurs a complete run. I think this weekend's contest is winnable, but I, I want to be able to see more of a sample size from them. I think that Red Bulls bring out the best of Charlotte FC. They played them three times last year. They did win the only home MLS match against them. It was the, actually the first victory for Christian Latanzio at the helm for Charlotte FC. They won it 2-0. But I do feel like 
getting that home crowd behind you, having that particular vantage point from them can definitely change the way this season goes. If you get a win in this match, that could possibly start a snowball down the hill. Does Thierry Henry still play for the Red Bulls? No. <laughs> am, I, am I a decade late you're, on you're, that? You're a bit late. Okay. Uh, he had actually managed a little bit, uh, not just uh, in the league, but overseas. And right. uh, he uh, he's out on the desk uh, for Champions League coverage on CBS. <laughs> All right, there you go. Some Thierry Henry analysis. Lloyd also, Sam also, by the way, used to play former uh, Charlotte FC broadcaster. Also former used to play Arsenal for, guy as well. For uh, NY, uh, My Red, Red Bull Bulls. analysis ends at the energy drink and Thierry Henry. That's the only thing we're I have ho- for you, to We're hoping to clip the wings of the New York Red Bulls this Perfect. Weekend. Excellent. I also need to ask you about Tom Hanks movies because you're really excited about that coming into the studio. So I have created a list. This is my list. I'm just going to ask it the way it is. I know there's plenty of other movies movies but i need you to give me the top two with the movies included here tom hanks roles saving private ryan mm-hmm. forrest gump castaway the toy story franchise i cheated captain phillips apollo 13 top two from that apollo 13 and saving private ryan okay oh no toy story oh forrest gump too forrest gump is tough saving private ryan was fire uh, Captain I like, Phillips. I like Forrest Gump too. There's no problem with Forrest yeah, Gump. Captain he is Phillips America. was Captain Phillips was Cap. So a lot of that story, that movie was not on point with what it really was. So you you don't have a you don't like well so is Saving Private Ryan at least with well the the move the the love story apparently or not the love story yeah, but the, the, the actual violent scenes in that one. Yeah, the violent scenes. I guess that's what it was celebrated for. But I know some people <laughs> have the same thoughts about Saving Private Apollo Ryan. Apollo thirteen was. was a masterclass movie. Is mm. that, so that's number one on the Tom Hanks power ranking. Apollo 13. Um, if I would have included the terminal, would that have been dead last? No, no, I would not. I would not. Uh, I, I'd not subscribe to that part of his catalog. Okay, there you go. That's Willie P. Tom Hanks analysis. Green, Green, Green Mile too, a little overrated. Yeah. You got fouled. Overrated. Movies too, man. Green Mile. Oh, oh, anger, sheer anger. Yes, everybody is fighting mad. Flounder threw something down on the ground twice. He threw it down, picked it up, and threw it down twice. Most overrated role for Tom Hanks? No. Green Mile. Nah, ter- Terminal probably also. Well, I mean, what? is it? Is that it, was oh, based on a true story. Yeah. And Catherine Zeta-Jones is a bay in that in that film. Yeah, but not as. But what does that have to do with Tom Hanks? As I was say, that has nothing to do with Tom Hanks. It's a good movie. I'm surprised it's you a- didn't put a League of Their Own in there. Yeah, League of Their Own is great too. League of Their Own is very good. Yeah, that movie's in a league of its own. Some could say Willie P is in a league of his own. The Charlotte FC voice joining us in the Planet Kia studio. Visit them on planetkianc.com. Willie, we appreciate the time as always, man. I love you guys. Yeah, appreciate I love it. you more. <laughs> oh, we love you. So does the text chain. Everybody loves you here on Wesson Walker. Thanks for the ringing endorsement as well. We'll have that as a promo running throughout this week. And then we'll also give you one more hour on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.